We are so tired. <laughs> That's probably the closest to picking a key I've ever done. It was good though. It, you did good. Um, you know, not not significant like breath support behind it, but it was good. I don't think I've ever been more tired recording an episode of this podcast, and that's saying a lot. But and and for what it's worth, um, we're actually recording this in the afternoon, which is unlike us. Yeah, yeah. It's like middle of the day on a Friday. Um, we're always tired because we record usually like late at night. Yeah. Because um, it works for everyone's schedule. And that's why we're tired. And now I feel like, oh, maybe I'm just tired all the time. <laughs> it never ends. Maybe I'm just always like this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Under Further Review. I'm Kata. And that's Mike. Hey. And uh, we are, we're just pushing through. We're, we're making the content happen and doing the thing. Uh, I, I booked a guest and I, when I, when I pitched this guest to Mike, he was kind of like, okay. Like, I mean, you were surprisingly like gung ho about it, but like the next question was like, why? Because, <laughs> uh, this guest has, we're, we're not going to talk about sports at all. I, so if you're here for the sports content, you should leave. Um, but we, we're going to talk about something else that's like near and dear to my heart, which is television. I'm I just have like a really, I feel like if there was like, if you could major in like the history of, and like artistry of television, that's probably what I should have done in undergrad. Cause I just mm -hmm. love television. I, I don't watch movies. I love TV. Correction. We are talking about sports in this podcast, just not in the interview. Oh, well, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll get your sports content. Don't worry. It'll come after the interview, but, but, uh, it's a real treat. I don't know. I don't know if, if our guest has done podcasts before. I, I don't believe she has, but, um, we're welcoming in a delightful young woman named Casey. She is the mastermind behind a, uh, viral Twitter account. The handle is at no context Pawnee. And that's right. You heard it here first, kids. We have out of context parks and rec Twitter here. Um, <laughs> I love this show. I I really, really do. And it, and I loved it a lot more than I thought I would when I when I originally started watching it and then by the end of it, which I, I binged it. I didn't watch it while it was on, um, at least not, you know in, you know, I, I probably caught an episode here or there, but, but it's just such a great show and just has really strangely not only stood the test of time, which not that it's been that much time, but like predicted a lot of weird shit about these last two years in kind of a creepy way. I, that's the genius that is Mike Schur, who, who's the creator and writer and um, some of you might know him. Also, he plays Moe's on The Office and he was a writer on The Office as well. But I really love the show. And it was really cool to just kind of geek out about it with another fan who, you know, it's, I don't know what, Mike, I'm assuming your Twitter timeline is just mostly what, like sports content, right? It's comedy, general comedy or sports, yeah. Yeah. And, and 
mine is pretty much the same and, and news and whatnot. And it can get a little dark in there. Like the doom scrolling is real, but every time I come across one of Casey's posts on this account, it just kind of brings a little light to my day. And, and it's really funny how, you know, something that she takes these little moments from the show that are out of context and puts them into the social context of today. The Biden election was a big one uh, this week as of, you know, recording right now. People are are talking again about the Zodiac Killer. There's a moment for that. Like there, there's moments in parks to describe everything that our culture is obsessing over on a daily or weekly basis. So I just thought it was really, um, I just thought it would be really cool to, to talk to her and pick her brain about that process and, and geek out a little bit. So, so yeah, we're going to talk to Casey first and, uh, she's just delightful. It was just so much fun. Um, thanks so much for coming on Casey. And, uh, afterwards we're going to do some hot takes. Sound good, Mike? All right. I I suppose so. We're going to go with it. Thanks everyone. Hi, Casey. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's so nice to meet you. I'm nice Kata. That's you. this is Mike. He's one of our producers. Hello. Hi, Mike. Nice to meet you. You too. How how are you doing today? Happy good. Friday. Thank you. What a good day. Happy today off. Happy to be here. Nice, nice. These fr- these off Fridays. I need four day weeks like if you still want to do the 40 hour week do four 10 hour days because we're all going to do it regardless exactly. <laughs> and if uh, an off friday legislation let's write it it's time it's done i fully I agree <laughs> i love it i love it casey tell why don't you tell tell us about yourself like i i know nothing about you you're just this this you know force that's behind this really cool account <laughs> an icon if you will yes i definitely wouldn't use that word um <laughs> It's very just dorky. The whole account just came about from me being a nerd for this show. So it was just like, oh, I like it. And I want to post about it and talk about it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I just do standard day-to-day stuff. I'm in school, but like not because of COVID. So just working and like doing all that kind of stuff. But yeah, nothing really special. <laughs> just standard. <laughs> Yeah. Are you are you in college? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. That's awesome. Um, enjoy it. <laughs> it goes fast. It feels like it. It's fast and so I'm in that like phase of like I don't know what I want to do with my life. So it's that kind of like let me just take another class and see what happens. So yeah, that's kind of the best though, like that exploratory period and just kind of figuring it out. Yeah. Oh, I get there. Totally, totally. And honestly, I think people who like. Like I thought I knew what I wanted to do before college and in college and completely changed my career. I think people who kind of like know what they want to do before college, like haven't experienced enough, mm-hmm. you know, but that's yeah. just me, you know, editorializing, which is <laughs> what I do a lot. But, um, but I mean, look, we, we love this account and I mean, the show is fantastic. And obviously um, is 
So what, what about parks made you want to do this, like an account like this for it, as opposed to like a different show? I actually, I do have one for another show that I kind of started first. It was, it was for Lost. I'm a big Losty too. Um, right. A fun one. Mm. But I, I did that and like they took it off of Netflix so I couldn't get as many screenshots and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. So um, like I still have it and I kind of use it, but I don't use it as much. Um, but Parks, I was just kind of watching it like again one day, just another rewatch like normal. And I was like, I could do one for Parks and Rec. And I went and looked to see if they had any like made yet. I think there was like maybe one or two that hadn't been touched in like a year or something. And I was like, they're never coming back to that. So I might as well like try it, see if I can do it and worked out, I guess. But yeah, and I just liked Parks and Rec. It's such, such a fun show. And, you know, there's so many like things because it was it was in watching it and be like, oh, that'd be really good to just do like randomly. Like if you just posted this, it could, you know, it could be funny. So that kind of thing. But I think, I think, the funny thing to me about your account is that it's like no context Pawnee or whatever, but it's, it's also like, like you, you do find moments where you put Pawnee into context of mm-hmm. like our society. And I think that's so, so cool. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like a very recent example, but, but, but the way that you kind of use these characters to illustrate like big moments that are happening in America or around the world is, is super, mm-hmm. super fun. You know, I think that that's something that definitely kind of came about. I mean, I've kind of always done it, but especially like 2020, like somehow that that whole year could be so well shown through Parks and Rec. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know how like the writers were able to um, put in that many things because that's what it was always surprised me because I'd be like, I don't have something for this. Like there's there's nothing that'll be relevant. And there always was like no matter what insane thing was going on so it was always kind of it was like a fun little game to try to be like well what's gonna like work you know because you totally I mean worldwide pandemic and like masks and quarantining and there's stuff for all of that in Parks and Rec that had ended so many years prior so it was just such a weird thing to kind of find was working but it was it's been entertaining Sure, sure. I mean, it's it's it is really funny. Like now, I like I want to obviously say like we're on the back end. We're not. Um, right. But like it's. I, we, I said it too many times. I've been hurt too many times, <laughs> and I will not be burned anymore by lies. I just keep being my... wrong. Like I'm wrong. <laughs> right. It just keeps on going. But but it's, it's crazy. Exhausting. Like like all all most of us I feel like have been doing is going back and rewatching some of our favorite shows and like comfort shows too. Mm-hmm. And it is really funny to like figure to point out like, oh man, like it's there's like a pandemic episode or someone's like trying to quarantine people or you know, as one example of of mm-hmm. the craziness that has been this time that we live in but yeah it's it's nuts and and you know parks parks will always be there and it's such a like it is such a comfort which is so so nice um can you tell us about your process I mean you know it's screenshots with subtitles um how have you just acquired them like when something funny happened like what what is that process like back when I first started the account and I've learned over time how to sort of process it better make it a little bit more um functional because you just like screenshots and like no organization whatsoever and I was like this isn't gonna work 
Um, so I have, I would go through like an episode. I would just sit here for like 20, 30 minutes, do an episode and just screenshot whatever I wanted to. <laughs> and so then I would like put them all like in individual folders. So if you look at like the way it's set up on my computer, it's like divided, like they're all labeled by seasons. So it's like season one, episode one, season three, episode five, like it's just that kind of thing. But then every individual scene is labeled <laughs> with like something to tell me what it is. So if it's something like, I don't know, if it's something about Joe Biden, right? You could put Biden and like whatever kind of is happening because you figure that's kind of the key word, right? That's usually like what I'll look for. So then I'll just like number them off. So it's just this like long, crazy list where you can go like in order from the very first episode to the very last one with screenshots that may or may not ever be needed. And if I'm like in a hurry trying to find like, like there's some news story and I'm like, oh, I have a scene for that. Then I'll do kind of like a quick search just like on my computer and hope that I labeled it in a smart way for me to remember what I was looking for. And then I'll usually be like, oh, let me type in you know, like, like lately you have Zodiac Killer. I just posted about the Zodiac Killer because somehow Parks and Rec has posts about that too. And so I was like, oh yeah, Zodiac. And I typed it in and there's posts for it. So it's just kind of a weird, messy way of doing it, but it's all connected in a really, really long, massive list of a folder. It's got to be fun though to go through that too in, in a sense of like, yeah, you know, once you narrow down the keyword, figuring out like, what is working in the moment and um and then like kind of in a weird way i mean it's just through the screenshots but reliving all those moments too mm -hmm. yeah that's oh. that's so awesome you must have had i mean joe biden that's a really really good example of you know during the election you were posting a little a little bit more about leslie nope's obsession with mm -hmm. joe biden that must have been really fun yeah <laughs> I, the most entertaining one was the um, like right when he was inaugurated and they're like, oh, it's happening, it's happening. Like Leslie, like talking to him, like everyone was like, oh my gosh, wait, just because it was like, it's such a random thing. Like who would have ever, you know, five, six years ago been thinking, this is what's going to happen. Like, you know, a lot of times I kind of played it off as a joke in parks and now it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so it's fun to sort of see. It's both hilarious and kind of sad, like, like predicting they're, they're predicting the future, which is amazing. Right. And hilarious. At the same time, like it was kind of a joke. Right. So, <laughs> so, it's, so, it's so fascinating. There's so many things that were like that though, like things that were like very, I mean, far more than just politics. We've just like down to like the little things of like, oh, this is a joke. Like this won't happen. And then it's like, no, it's happening. Like I remember a while ago, there was a news story about like, um, like running out of beef I was like that's a joke in the series finale of Parks and Rec like but they, that was gonna <laughs> happen like who would have thought but somehow it finds a way to be relevant both for good and bad things and it's always fascinating to see what comes about it's it really is so so funny do you find like do you find that like one well because it's hard i my question is, do you find that like one of the characters, like you tend to use content from one character more than others, but it, like, because like, and I hesitate to ask because in my brain, it's probably Leslie, but then I think like, oh, well, it could be Ron. And then, you know, there, you know, when Anne's like, you know, doing her, you know, I, I don't, I can't even think. Do, 
do you think there's one that you could pinpoint that you use more than the others or they're all just so good they are good and I think that's what's fun too is it's like they just kind of surprise me like especially when it's like when I'm looking for a specific thing it's always interesting to see like it'll be very different people just at different times but I noticed when I'm just like posting to post when it's just like not much is really going on or nothing I can really kind of relate it to and I'm just like oh let me just put something out there I think one of the ones I use the most just because I feel like people respond really well is Ben Wyatt because he always has these like these moments that are very like small but they're so funny like him sitting on a bench with soup like it's just it's that imagery that kind of stuff is just fun and people respond to it or him in his Batman costume crying like it's just that those are the evergreen ones so him and and sometimes Chris Traeger I think I think he has a lot of like really good because he, he's the one who's got like that big smile on his face while he's saying like the most like dark stuff yeah and I don't know I think it's there's something about that that just like always gets everybody so I think those are the ones because people just respond most to those they're just kind of I don't know but they all work everyone has their favorites and they'll they'll tell me like I I like them or I don't really care for this character I'm like okay <laughs> I'm like, sorry sorry whatever not like, really doing this for I didn't you, write but it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever can uh everyone's a critic can't please them all exactly. um my one of the evergreen Ben Wyatt ones in my life is um which I literally I I have resorted to your account like before to locate this is the one where he's like sideways hanging onto the fence posts. Um, my <laughs> boss and I send that to each other when we're like editing, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of writing and whatever. And when we're editing each other and it's like, this doesn't work, find a more creative way. And we send that because it's like the strangest, like, uh, you know, and I love that one. And, amazing just such amazing. a good one see that one but could a depressed person make this no like that kind of stuff <laughs> such a good character so much fun yeah it's a it's a good one they're also good and they're they also do like I don't know if I've seen you post this one before but um but like the way that they comment on each other's characters too a scene that I was thinking about recently was um when April's trying to figure out what kind of dog um Retta's character is mm -hmm. and um and figures out that she's like a cat and mm -hmm. and just kind of as they all learn each other and the show evolves so much like I I don't know if you have a favorite season I actually really like the early seasons even though I guess that's kind of an unpopular opinion um but like the like as as they kind of become this like strange quirky family and and feel more comfortable in those like awkward moments where they're just like really exposing themselves. And that's, um, that just makes for really great content for you, of course. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love the early season, like season two, I feel like has some of the like funniest, like off like comments made. And I know, I think that's probably like, well, season one, people don't like season one. I'm like, it's six episodes. Like you'll deal with it. But season two, I think it's just cause like Ben and Chris aren't there. Like that's kind of a lot of like, like it gets better then I'm like but it's still funny like it's still a good show um but season two has some of like most hilarious things and like the hunting trip is one of my favorites just everyone at the cabin like 
Bula bula bula, like let's go. <laughs> but the most ridiculous things going on, and Ron getting shot in the back of the head, like these things that are insane. But it's such a fun like thing to see. Like yeah, that that bond that they all kind of create. And looking back on those episodes by the end of the series is like that much more meaningful because they, you know, these are like the closest people they have in each other's lives, and it's like you see where they started, and it was not the case at the beginning. Just fun to see that that growth. Yeah. Yeah. I have a habit of like, I, I binge everything. I'm such a binger. And like, if I haven't seen it or if I have, but, but I have a habit of when I finish a series, I always go back and immediately like watch the pilot. Like Mm -hmm. the second that finale is done, we're watching the pilot just, just to really experience that growth. And it's like, it is just so wild. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there, is there like a character or a storyline that you, you don't particularly like? I've got a few. Um, oh, okay. I don't know about maybe characters. Maybe like like more smaller ones like Jeremy Jam, where it's just like, oh gosh, like I mean, he's so funny, but it's like, oh, this guy. Um, but storylines, I'm sure there's something. I don't really like Tammy too. No, I get that. Yeah. I can see that. Which sucks because like Megan Mullally is amazing. She's so funny. Yeah. Like she, and it's, it's literally nothing on her. It's, it's like, I remember when, when she came up and then like this whole storyline of, of Ron, like kind of reverting back to this like weird, it it just felt out of character for him. And I think that's why I had like an adverse reaction to it, but it also taught us so much more about him at the same time. So you know, everything yeah. kind of informs each other. You know, I get that. Like, Tam- like the, the, the whole Tammy situation, just the way it affects Ron, it's like, like, it's it's funny, but then it's like, I don't know, it, it's not Ron anymore. So then it's kind of like, feels weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know about storylines though. Maybe like the, maybe like the, um, Anne and Tom stuff. I know that was kind of one of those things that a lot of people are kind of like, mm. like, I don't know. I, I think it could have been done okay, maybe, but it just sort of felt like, why? So, and so late. Felt weird. Yeah. 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 That is a, a strange one. Um, it, you know, just why Anne? Um, <laughs> I just, I want, I don't know if I want like even just better for you. I just want different for you. Um, right. <laughs> This is, we, we really care about them. They're like our friends. Um, no, it, it really is just such a, a cool show. And I think it has, I mean, when you look back at like that era of sitcoms, I guess you can call this a sitcom. Um, like, it, I feel like it has significantly less like plot line flaws than a lot of like The Office. So here's, Mike, here's a hot take. Um, I think it's a hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take, but I don't meet a lot of people who share this opinion. Um, you know, everyone compares Parks and Rec to The Office constantly, and it's because of the format, right? Like this mockumentary format. And I think, and I, I do enjoy both shows, but I think I prefer Parks because um, <laughs> The Office is funny. Don't get me wrong. I think it's also like simultaneously the saddest show that's ever graced 
the screen. I think it's really sad. They are really different, even though they're really similar. Like, like, yeah, the mockumentary is the same, but the comedy itself, like, you're right, because the office is so dry, bone dry. Like, it couldn't be any drier. That's why the office is funny, but like... Other than the character of Michael. And, and like... Well, all of them, really. Others, like Kelly, but yeah. They're supposed to be really lame and dry. Uh, that's kind of the point. But with Parks and Rec, I would not call any of those characters lame or dry. Even the ones that are supposed to be, they still have some color to them, you know? So, like... They have, like... I think one of the things that's so amazing about Parks is, like, there's so much room for, like like these, these people, like they're people and it, they have room to like grow and develop and like become who they are. And the office is very much like these people are doomed to be working here forever. And then finally, when like, like at the end, when like Jim kind of gets out and like starts his business or whatever, um, like he's got Pam, who's kind of like holding him back. And, and there's no, like, there just is, is a lack of like encouragement and, and like personal development, it's just not encouraged in the same way where parks, like everyone is everyone's cheerleader and they can, they can do anything. Like it's so uplifting in that way. And I, I, you know, the office is just really sad and parks is so happy. Mm. It's a happy place. I fully agree with that. Like, I always kind of say like, cause I like the office too. I mean, that was, that was part of why I watched parks in the first place. Cause they used to advertise parks. Like, Oh, it's the people that made the office. And I was like, well, the office is funny. I'm going to watch it. But, like, The Office is, like, the cynical version of Parks and Rec, whereas Parks is just, like, upbeat, like, happy sort of thing. So it's, like, once I was watching Parks, it was, like, it was harder, I feel like, to go back to The Office because it was, like, I just liked that, like, like, oh, they're all happy and, like, they're being nice and, like, we don't see enough of that in the world, you know? And so, like, that that's what I want to see on TV sometimes because it's, it's so rare. It shouldn't be, but it, it kind of is. And so I'm like, I've got, I've got enough things in the world that are, that are cynical, <laughs> that are kind yeah. of dark and like, you know, it's, it's fun every once in a while, but I can't, I can't go back to that as much. Like I want to, I want to see people be happy and cheer each other on, like you said, or just kind of like be there for each other. Like that's, that's how it should be. So yeah, I fully agree. And I think like, and it is really, really happy. It's not like it's not too happy either. Like I'm watching, I, I just, I know I'm late to the party. I just started watching new girl. Um, Me too. I started, Oh really? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's so funny. No, I started like when it first came out, I, I was in high school still and I had watched the first few and it was just, it was something like I would, I would kind of group um, Leslie Nope and the character Jess from new girl into a similar category in the sense that they're both, like just like this beacon of positivity, like you know, crazy ladies, and and at the same time, Jess is just kind of too much for me, and like at least so far, I I know it's it's not fair for me to say anything. I'm still like in season one, but um, but you know, there does there just isn't that depth, and when Parks hits you it hits you hard like it guts you I've I've like cried over Parks and Rec before and I mean like that's saying like that's saying something it makes you care so much about those characters that like you, you just you really want the best for them just as much as they want the best for themselves and each other it's so cool 100% it's a matter of time I've cried over that show too I remember like when <laughs> Anne left like I yeah. just 
I watched that episode. I sat on my couch for like an hour after, like I was not moving. I was just sitting there like wiping tears for the longest time. Cause I was like, I knew it was coming. Like we all knew Anna and Chris were leading the show. And I was so devastated. I'm like, you, you, you were prepared for this. Like, how are you this upset? But it's just the way that they would write it and the way that it was so, you know, emotional and personal every time they did it, that made it so much better and made it, you know, really that much more of like, I mean, I, I watched it thinking, oh, it's a sitcom. It'll be funny. And I'll be laughing. And I was not laughing all the time. Like there were real moments where you really were like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. But like you said, like there are people like that's, it makes them more real. It makes them more genuine and makes it that much more fun to watch. Cause I like, I like my characters real, you know, even if they're eccentric, even if there's a lot, like I like them grounded in something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know April and Andy in the earlier seasons had a lot of that for me too. And they're like whole on and off and um, yeah, I mean, they're just, God, they're all so good. And they're, I, I think another factor of them being so real, like I can sit here all day and like, I have a friend who like is Leslie Nope. Like she, there's, there's no other character that best, you know, describes her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, but then that's, that's kind of rare, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I feel any given day, like I identify more with, you know, Ron or Anne or, you know, it just kind of depends on the mood, but it's because they are also real that like, you can kind of see yourselves in each of them, you know, or we can see ourselves mm-hmm. in each of them. Um, yeah. It's so cool. What did you think? This is kind of random. Um, and I don't want to sit here and just talk about the show the entire time. I want to talk about your account too, but um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, we never really got in the same way that the office kind of eventually broke the fourth wall and we saw that mockumentary happening. Mm-hmm. We never really got that with parks. And I feel like I, I go, I kind of go back and forth on whether or not it could have worked with the show. Cause I kind of feel like it could with, with the office, it was like, Oh, we're going to celebrate this mockumentary, which felt like really weird for these really sad people. But with parks, it's like, it's just a different vibe. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it it just kind of, I, I, I kind of feel like that's still like a missing piece because we have so many great, the great moments where like, you know, everyone talks about Jim, like staring into the camera on the office, but like even Andy, when he like finds something out and, you know, the moment where he's like, oh, you know, or, or Ben, like just being annoyed. Um, I don't, I don't really know what my question is. I just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just kind of wonder like, yeah, like how do you, what do you, what do you think of that? I guess. That was something I, I especially remember like right before the finale premiered like wondering like are we gonna get an answer to that because I did always kind of think like are they ever gonna really address it because that was something with the office too like that whole time I was kind of like they're ever gonna talk about why they're following these people around like it's always these kind of like random groups of people and so like yeah like I kind of was expecting maybe something but at the same time like once they did their like little flash forward at the end of season six it was like that three-year jump like the formatting sort of changed for season seven a little bit. And so yeah. it kind of felt like maybe that wasn't the case. Like, I don't know. So I didn't really know what to expect. And it's like, in a way I wish I knew, but in another way, it's like, I think we got better moments by kind of forgetting that 
that was how it was being filmed. Like, I mean, there, there's so, there were some scenes in that show where it's like, you wouldn't have a camera crew here. <laughs> like, no one's yeah. going to be filming this right now. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, things like that where you'd be kind of like, mm, okay, like, you know, so I, you just sort of have to let that one go, I guess, which is hard because it's like, I, it's like a pretty big plot hole, but, you know, I, but I'm at willing the same to time, forget like, it because it's parks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you suspend your disbelief and it's like, I think maybe like why I was craving it is because I just want to like, you just want to know everything about these people. Like, so, so, so much more like if, if there is in fact, like some kind of a, but no, I mean, I think it, it was probably just a format choice. And then you mentioned their like flash, their jump forward too. Like so many shows try to do that shit and it like never works. And it's so worked. Like it's so, so cool. And then of course, like for the finale, even further forward, like just pushing through time, um, which really made me think, it, it kind of made me a little bit nervous about when they said that they were going to do another episode during the, pan the pandemic, the virtual episode. I was like, how do we, how do we kind of reconcile the fact that we kind of already, I mean, we don't know everything, you know, we see Leslie and Ben and we've, you know, they're in Washington. We know, <laughs> we know some things, but we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it made me wonder how they were going to handle that. What did you think of the the pandemic reunion? Oh gosh, I just sat here crying the whole time I watched it. Like I was like in tears when they sang "Bye Bye Little Sebastian." Oh, gosh, like, I'm pretty sure like the whole house could just hear me like <laughs> sobbing in the room. It was so much like because I mean you know you kind of you go into it thinking okay it's a it's a pandemic thing like it's not going to be like a standard episode. Obviously they couldn't film it like Parks and Rec, but they did such a good job. Like I was really impressed, especially compared to the other like shows that kind of came out around that time when they were trying to do like the Zoom thing. Like theirs was done so well. And I was I was really impressed just by like how well it worked together. And then just the fact that they like could still make me cry when they're not even in the same room. <laughs> like that's, yeah. like, that's pretty impressive. You still got me. And then the, the little callbacks and stuff too. I mean, Ben with his little like doll and his cones of Dunshire stuff. And, you know, Leslie has her little like picture in the background of her and Ben. And I'm like, that's, that's Parks and Rec. Like, thank you for that. I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really was just so emotional and so sweet. And it was, I mean, these days, like it's a miracle you can get all the people together. Like they were all there. Mm -hmm. Was anyone missing? I don't think anybody was. Mm -mm. I mean, you know, that I think that in and of itself is a testament to why the show was so good as, you know, all these actors are clearly so in love with it enough that they, you know, would make the time during mm -hmm. like such a, I mean, not that we, we all had the time, right. to be honest, but, but that they would make the time and, and go there for, for us was absolutely really tender. And that's the thing too. Like, I feel like they cast, I mean, in all the years since, anytime they talk about it, they're always so like, yeah, if there was ever another reason to do Parks and Rec, I would do it. Like, it does not matter, like, where they're at or what they're making at the moment. Like, they've all been so, like, pro the show. Like, Amy Poehler said so many times, like, if Mike sure comes to me with something for Leslie Nope, I will do it. I have the suits. Like, I'm ready. And I'm like, great, good. Do it again. Like, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they really, like, loved the show and each other that much because you can really see that too it makes it that much better absolutely absolutely have you read amy's book 
Yes. Oh God. It's so, that's like, I, I have a few books that I go back to off. Everyone has like a few books that they always go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like my comforting, I don't fly well. That's my comforting airport read. Like <laughs> I read it in the airport on the plane, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that, that, you know, Mike sure his chapter in the book is just talking about how everything was created and just, it really evokes just such a, warm and familial vibe and mm-hmm. it's just so good have you listened um, to the audiobook no i haven't i gotta do I went it. And bought it after like i was like already had the book i was like i'm gonna buy this one too and i just like wait when she has like the little like excerpts from the show it's like audio from the show so i'm sitting there like crying as she's talking about like looking out at like the um she's talking about like looking out into the courtyard and like talking about like how that like moment felt like you know like parks and rec because they're really going to do something and I just sit there like oh my gosh like this is so good and yeah it's fun and like the proposal scene it's like this is audio from the show too I was like oh that sounds awesome I'm not really like a huge I haven't really divulged into because I'm just such a reader Mm -hmm. I I have not really gotten into the audiobook sphere, but that that just sounds like such a it, it sounds like an experience, you know. Yeah. I, I don't do audiobooks. That is the only one I have. That's probably the only one I'll ever have. But it was just it's Amy Poehler, so I figured <laughs> I want I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair, right. Well, hey, so so let's talk about your account a little bit. So Casey's handle is at no context pawnee, or that's not her handle, but her account. Over 350,000 followers. That's wild. How did that happen? Because you, you, how long have you been doing this since what, 20? It says 2014, I guess. Yeah. It says 14. It's not that long. Um, I think I started it. It used to be like a different account that I never touched. Mm. And then I think it was probably, here was it, maybe like 2018. Okay. Maybe that I started using it. I don't remember. I think it was somewhere around then, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know how it happened. It was kind of like, it was sort of a slower thing at first, like most things are. And then I don't know, it would just be kind of like certain posts with a certain timing would just kind of bring people in. And I think because it was an active one, you know, it wasn't like the ones that just kind of like they posted like five times and then never touched it again. Um, I think it's just a mix of that, the timing of stuff, having things, being such a dork for the show and really just being like, oh my gosh, guys, it's treat yourself day. Like doing stuff like that. And then being like, really just kind of extra, but that kind of brought more people in. Cause it was like, oh, there's someone still talking about this show. Like this is still something that, you know, the, the show was over, but it didn't mean that the fans were gone. So I think it's been kind of like. And more people have been watching it too, which has kind of brought in more, especially even just this last year, like with the pandemic and everything, people are at home and they're thinking like, oh, I haven't watched the show. Maybe I'll finally give it a shot. And then they do and they find that account and, you know, it's one of the more like used ones. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really, I mean, it, you've just kind of created a, you've almost just created a community, which is so wild um and i mean some of your like you've got like 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 
it's great. Politicians follow you, like authors follow you, um, actors follow, like, it's just crazy. I'm wondering, like, have, have you had any interactions on that account with like cast members or creators? Like what's been like a really cool validating thing for you in running this? Um, there's been a few, like there's some, there's quite a few of the writers of the show that follow it. And so like, anytime I see that happen, I like, I will go direct message. I'm like, I don't know if this is a mistake, but thank you for the show. And I just like sit there and like geek out. I'm like, if this is my only chance to like say anything to you, like I want you to know how much I appreciate it. And um, so some of the writers, there was the the one post I'd done inauguration day two. It was like Joe Biden's the only actor from Parks and or the first actor from Parks and Rec to become president. And so like Mike Schur reposted it, Adam Scott reposted it, Retta put it on her Instagram. I was just like, what is happening right now? And then um, like a month or so later, Adam Scott was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, but it was Rob Lowe who was filling in as a host. And he was like, oh yeah, there was this tweet that was like, and he like specific, like word for word. And I was like, like, so that kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, even all that time later, it's just, Stuff like that, really random things that just sort of make their way around, but made me really excited to see that they like would see it or even remember it, you know. It's just it's just so cool. I mean, like, like all all of these people, like your it's like your your work is reacting to their work and they are reacting now to your work. And that's just gotta be so cool and so validating to see them like like they know you're out here doing this. Mm-hmm it's really it's just fun it's entertaining and you just never know like what kind of responses you're gonna get like and like you're saying that just the people that follow it I mean sometimes yeah they're from parks and sometimes they're not and I'm like oh cool you're a parks fan that's exciting like it's really random things but it's it's always entertaining to see just who gets involved with it and also just kind of enjoys the show because that's really what it's all about anyway it was like I just wanted an outlet to talk about the show and be annoying about it like I would be just in general so I figured like (laughs) if I can just do that with other people that are on board like why not you know that's fun when uh how long how long are you gonna go for until people are sick and tired of it I guess (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that can happen (laughs) then good I guess I'll be here a long time you know it's 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 just entertaining. I mean, I know I have times where it's like, I don't post as much. I haven't posted like as much lately. Um, but it's like when it kicks in, when I'm like extra, like in my parks moment, like, and it'll always come back to that. Like that'll always happen, whether it's been a minute since I've been watching it or whether I'm like in rewatch number 807, like it doesn't matter. So, you know, it's, it's always fun. And there's always going to be something that's relevant somehow. I mean, that must be such a joy in your life to like kind of be able to live with these characters for, you know, as like this, this gig of yours, basically, <laughs> that, that you've created, like, constantly, constantly, and seeing, again, the the world and all of its crazy, and then having having such a positive outlet to react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely helps with it. Because it's like, you see all this stuff going on. And it's like, okay, another bad thing, but it's like, at least if you can find like something that's a little happier, so it's a little bit more of a positive spin or something that's a little bit more 
of a brighter outlook on things and it's like well maybe that can help whether it's me <laughs> who needs it or other people like something to just sort of be like oh if that's kind of funny like at least give you like a laugh before you have to go face everything else going on in the world you know yeah yeah so you mentioned your lost account which mm -hmm. which you said isn't as active anymore mm -hmm. would you ever do this for another show yeah I think so but it's it really has to be like stuff that I love so I think that those two are kind of it at least in, in what I've seen and what I really feel like I could do well um because I mean being able to post about parks and rackets because I've those episodes are like in my brain at this point like <laughs> it's just there so it's easier to kind of pull things out and be like oh yeah this scene um so it would have to be something I feel like I would know really really well to be able to do it like if anything I'd only ever probably go back to the last one because I don't know if I could uh there's another show that I'm as invested in that I could put like that much into because it's already just in my head sure yeah it's yeah. like a like a just a layer like a filter that's in your brain constantly and kind just kind of, of poking out here and there yeah <laughs> Saying hi. like oh that scene from Parks and Rec you know and you just kind of like people are like no one asked but thank you 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 watched that show a few times like, all it is <laughs> so I mean you mentioned New Girl you said you're watching New Girl right now or what else are you watching right now I am I'm trying to like catch up on TV I feel like I've mm. been watching Chuck that's been a new one for me yeah yeah I've got a lot of friends who are like you need to watch Chuck and I'm like okay sure I'll do that um I've been watching the Dick Van Dyke show because I just watched the Mary Tyler Moore show and I loved it and I was like well I'm gonna go watch that um I've been watching Only Murders in the Building, <laughs> like every every genre apparently, but yeah, it's kind of everything that'll. I've been rewatching Lost, which doesn't help anyone but myself, but <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's such a you have such a broad spectrum. Like that's that's kind of awesome. Something for every every vibe, I guess. Really, yeah, which is it works for me. I can't like only watch like one thing. I think I get kind of like burnt out, like. If it's only funny all the time, which I love my, I love my sitcoms. Like, I love them, but I need to watch something that's a little like, give me some high stakes, mm -hmm, <laughs> like something to mm -hmm. kind of stress me out for a minute and then I'll, I'll go back to it. But Yeah. It's the difference between like, um, like something that I'll have on while I'm like cleaning the kitchen and doing whatever versus something that like, I need to like, I know that I need to sit and pay attention every fucking second. Right. Um, exactly. I, I hear you there. There definitely variation is definitely good I just have such an addictive personality like if I start something I'm like I'm I'm in and I'm probably gonna finish it over the course yeah. of like a weekend you know right that's I, why I'm not watching anything right now because I'm just too busy <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem where it's like I will just start shows and then I'll start another one and I'll finish them but it might take a while but if it's one I'm really interested in like right off the bat forget it like I watch Cheers 11 seasons of cheers in a month, which was like pretty intense. I was in school. Like that there is there really was intense. No, there was no excuse to, to do that, but I, I did. And then I went and watched Frasier immediately after in another month, which is another 11 seasons. And I was like, maybe watching 22 years of content in two months is a little much, but you know, <laughs> it just kind of, just kind of depends. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's fine. But then other times it's like, it'll be the shows and I'll just kind of like 
snail pace it and like I'll, I'll finish it for sure but just depends it's very weird yeah yeah I know it's it, it's also like I also find though that like with the shows that you really like like um you know like a parks or um you know friends is is evergreen for me I know that I, apparently that's controversial these days apparently friends doesn't really hold up um I'm still kind of working through that in my brain um but you know like that or or I'm, I like teen soaps. I'm a big Dawson's Creek fan. Um, and I have a really hard time letting go. So like, if I finish it, if it's whether it's a, a, an initial watch and I really liked it or a rewatch, and then I always go back and watch that pilot and then it kind of just snowballs and I start again and I need to be better about that. Cause there's so much out there to see. There's so much stuff and most of it is probably really bad, but then there's like I mean, Parks was just kind of a shot in the dark when I started it. I'd seen a, a little bit of it when it first came out, but that was definitely a, a binge on Netflix for me. So I'm the exact same way, just like rewatching, always, always rewatching stuff. And I, I have, that's why, like, right now, I'm like finally trying to get around to things that people have suggested to me. Yeah. I, I'm always the one who's like, oh, you should watch this. And they're like, okay and then they watch it like, that's really good I'm like yeah you should watch this too but I'm never like the one who's actually watching what they like so I'm trying to trying to remedy that a little bit and be like I'll be a good friend <laughs> let me let me watch and stop forcing shows on you for a minute and then you know then I'll get back into the the grind of things but yeah but you like what you like and you build like a curriculum like oh you liked this show well here's like five shows that are just like it and I'm so exactly. excited to talk to you about all of them while you're watching exactly. them exactly like when I was I did a lost rewatch like right before the one I'm doing right now with two friends that had never seen it before and so like I would just sit there and I'd be like we watched it together like on, on discord and I'd be like oh guys let's watch this one and they'd be like okay and then I'd be like so excited about it like just hearing the reactions like that's what's so fun as like a fan of stuff so getting people to watch things you like like that's that's more exciting than than finding a new show you know like I just I want to hear your thoughts on it I want to talk to you about mine like let's have this like insane discourse for no reason over a show that's been over for 5 10 15 years to the <laughs> No, I love it though. I, you know, uh, I, I personally have a huge, I'm not a movie person. I just have a huge passion for TV. And, um, so it's, it's cool to see. That's why we reached out to you. It's like, oh, someone really likes something that I like as much <laughs> as I like it or more. Like, that's so cool. Like, let's talk about it. I never <laughs> get to talk about stuff I like because none of my friends take my recommendations or listen to me. Um, or when they do, I, and they get mad at me because I'm like, oh, just wait, like this is coming next, you know? So, mm -hmm. so it's really, but we, we love what you're doing and it, whenever you're, you post and, and it's on my timeline, it brings a smile to my face. So thank you. Thank, thank you from all the fans for, for doing it and keeping it alive. And, um, yeah, we, we just really, really appreciate it. I appreciate people still liking it after all this time. I mean, that's the best part. Like fans are still like excited about the show. And that's the, that's the joy of it for me really is seeing people just still loving something that, you know, otherwise maybe people wouldn't be talking about as much or maybe they would just kind of forget certain things. So it's nice to still have that, you know, that discourse, that community. It's always yeah. Fun. Totally. That's exactly what it is. It's community, which we all really need right now, even if it has to be on the internet. So 
Awesome. Well, Casey, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking to us. It's, it's yeah, been you. just a pleasure and, uh, and yeah, we're, we just love what you do and we're excited to see what's next. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I hope that there's more good stuff next. I hope there's good things to post about. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> that, that be nice? Like yeah. some, some stuff that's like not irony posting or like right. posting. <laughs> right. I, we need some really good news stories, something that'll just be like happy and fun and maybe we, we'll manifest it. We'll put it out there. We'll get something good. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Casey. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, my God. You have to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's too early for you to be this drunk. It's 3 p.m. It's 3 p.m. On a a Friday? Yeah. Who even knows anymore? Um, Hope you enjoyed that that lovely conversation with Casey. It was just really cool to pick her brain. And um, I... You know, I like to break out of sports every once in a while. And, you know, we we like to talk about culture and whatnot, too, and how everything just kind of informs each other in this big cesspool of life. Um, But she was just delightful. So thank you again, Casey, for joining us. And uh, we we hope you guys enjoyed that. Mike, you've got a a plan today. And, And I guess I guess maybe we we got some some feedback that she'd like to address. We got some hate mail. Oh God. About our distent, distent. Is that the word I'm looking for? Is that a word? Disdain. Thank you. I'm thinking content, but Mm. distent, um, whatever. Disdain for stats. Some people said that that was very silly of us. Um, and I think it's, so our hot take collectively for this episode is, stats in football are useless yeah useless and stupid well for the for the most part most part I, I won't sit here and pretend to be like oh they're not like they can they have been useful to me in setting my fantasy lineups whatever like it's it's the stupid shit it's the imaging that like of, of um god I, i'm recalling one from the super bowl this past year with Brady and it had something to do with age and like, I don't, some of the stuff that people come up with, it just, I don't understand why, why we care. And there's every, every single game. It's like someone hits a new milestone or breaks a new record, like fastest to hit 354 yards received. Like, I don't give a shit. I just don't. We really are making shit up right now for competitive purposes. Yeah. Like people are like, well, you don't like this quarterback, but who is the only other uh, quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes to get this many rushing touchdowns and this many passing in this amount of time when the moon was in Gemini, Jalen Hurts. And then some picture of him being weird. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like if that, it's a reach. <laughs> it, it's It's like similar vibes to like, like, you know, back when, you know, like I remember bartending and hanging out with like the guys at the bar or whatever. And, oh, you like sports? Like prove it. Name five players on this roster or, you know, what's Bill Belichick's blood type? Like I, what? He doesn't have Not- any blood. First off. First off. No, it's, that's, that's kind of, you're, you hit the nail on the head there. Trick question. 
trick question. But but really, like, it, there's something about just stats culture that's a real turnoff, and and we we share that. That's something that you mm-hmm. and I both agree on. But we love vibes apparently- here. We're big on vibes. We're big on vibes. Um, and and apparently that's just a very very unpopular, um, opinion for people who spend a lot of time sitting around and analyzing football. Because what it tells me is that you are trying to find a metric to either prove or disprove something, and you can make a metric out of anything. This is true. Right? So what we're going to do is, for better or for worse, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is the episode in which we prove to you that stats don't matter. That's not what we're doing. We're going we're gonna to ask Kata three questions with background information, and okay. we're going to make some basic predictions for the rest of the year based on stats. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to like hand feed you kind of who, who is generally like in the top tier of these stats throughout like these past weeks. Right. Because it really does change every week. Like people jump and like these percentages, like if one person has one horrible game, they drop like seven spots. Right. So we're talking like general. Um, so wait, so basically what we're trying to do is disprove ourselves and and make stats matter. Well, we'll see. We're going to use stats to make predictions, make hot takes based on these stats. And if the stats prove us wrong in the end, then we knew we were right. <laughs> but if we were right because of the stats, then I guess we were wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's interesting. So okay. let's start with the the um an easy one start with an easy one do you think completion percentage will dictate the best quarterback of the year or the league mvp and or the league mvp Ooh, that's that's good you know what um do you want to know kind of the general leading people this year who are full-time starters who are kind of fighting for top completion percentage um it is really all over the place but I'm kind of giving you a general here. Uh, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. You know what? I I don't know. I I think maybe complete. I think completion percentage is hugely important. Um, as far as you know, being a good quarterback. So I I might say. I, but I don't know necessarily if that's enough to determine a league MVP. Agreed. Because this is why we don't like stats. It takes two to tango. It takes about 11 to tango technically. Um, but to argue against us, I'm looking at it right now. And right now, Kyler Murray is leading. Um, and Kyler Murray is in question to be MVP this year. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, that, that is definitely a, uh, that's definitely valid. And I mean, do, do we have any history on that? Like what historically has, has completion percentage dictated, you know, or, or been an informant in the MVP conversation? The answer is probably yes. Close to yes. Um, I'm, I'm sure the top 
I'm sure the the quarterback who has the highest completion percentage isn't always the MVP, but there is probably a little bit of, so, of information there. The league MVP of 2020 was Aaron Rodgers. Right. Not that it matters, but uh, the actually kind of does that the, when the NFL does their top 100, the number one was Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of completion percentage in the regular season of 2020, just the number one highest completion percentage by only 0.2% was Aaron Rodgers, the league MVP. And number two was Drew Brees at 70.5. Three was Deshaun Watson at 70.2. And something interesting is uh, the uh, NFL's top 100 number one player of the year, Patrick Mahomes, is 16th in line at 66.3%. Huh. And Tom Brady, Super Bowl winner, 19th in line, 65.7%. This is regular season, not postseason. And the worst starting quarterback in the league in 2020. Wow. The worst starting quarterback in a league in 2020, obviously, was Drew Locke started, generally speaking, for the Denver. So it was 57.3 for Drew Locke, 57.4 for Carson Wentz, 59.6 for Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield was 30th, 62.8. Daniel Jones, 62.5. So we got some, like, big names. Baker Mayfield at the bottom. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes middling, middling, but Aaron Rodgers was number one and was MVP. I mean, here's the other thing though. At the same time, like completion percentage. Yeah. Like I feel like that is a good measure of, of a good quarterback for sure. I mean, you look at you, you read the, the top names on that list and they're all great quarterbacks at the same time. You can't complete a pass if you don't have the right weaponry and, um, that's I'm talking offensive line and skills players. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't, I don't, I, again, I, I guess thinking about that league MVP conversation, no, I, I don't know if completion percentage has, has as much weight, but, but stats have proven me wrong as far as last year, because Aaron Rodgers had the highest completion percentage of every quarterback in the league. So, and you, and you also have to look at the big picture about attempts, right? I mean, like Tom Brady had over 600 attempts to Drew Brees' 390. That's a pretty, you know, mathematically, you're a very That's a likely, significant digit, yeah. Huge digit, right? So it's like, this is going to uh, bring us into our, our kind of next take in a second, but I would agree with you. I don't think completion percentage, I think it's important. I like to check it. I think it, it says more about the team and the offense than it does one player, obviously. I think that I think a lot of people could agree on that. However, some of y'all pundits out there really love to to you know show this number, and I think it's a little silly. Let's move on. So, based on mathematics, NFL has not been short on trying to create more of a mathematical process over the past couple decades, right? Let's talk ESPN's QBR total quarterback ranking. So per SPN, the total quarterback ranking is a statistical measure that incorporates the context and details of those throws and what they mean for wins. 
It's built from the team level down to the quarterback, where we understand first what each play means to the team, when give credit to the quarterback for what happened on that play based on what he contributed. This was written in 2011. Alrighty, I'm already annoyed because you know what a lot of those words already sound like? Vague and a little wishy-washy, but I read a lot. And the technical kind of list of things they look for and the words they use are win probability and expected points. Um, EPA is, is the expected point um, kind of acronym. Uh, dividing credit, meaning who actually gets credit for that? Wide receiver? Is it the quarterback? Do they consider offensive line? Do they consider um, a chip block from a tight end? Look, I know, I know, I'm sure there is an algorithm that has been perfected and changed over the years. I just don't understand how it can be perfect. So I, I which makes this stat feel extremely arbitrary. Yes. I, I think QBR might be one of the dumbest stats out there. So I, I would agree. So, because based on all the things I just said, were not things listed when ESPN has explained their QBR rating. It is it is arbitrary because they keep all these things in mind and they do it on a number system. There is our, and there is no way around that. You are dealing with human beings. Lane Johnson's out for two weeks based on a personal matter. Nobody knows about if he had played, he probably would have played horribly, but you wouldn't have known that. And you would have scored him on PFF with like a 10, not 10 because it's super low, but you know what I mean? Arbitrary clutch index is another thing. They, they, is the word they use to, to measure um qbr meaning how clutch was the play what the fuck a clutch index and defensive adjustments so criticizing the defense but like do they keep in mind someone like patrick mahomes who plays like meisner with the defense and like makes them like move around the field do is there a metric for that this is the muddiest thing i have ever heard in my life so, to their credit, um, there are ultimately the, the mathematical equation they have goes EPA over act, quote action plays, and EPA is an algorithm. Action plays is an algorithm based on all this information. Um, however, it's still based on like a, I think it's it's based on a point system, half point like rising or lowering through I think two and negative two, if I remember correctly. No, I think that's PFF actually. Um, Either way, they they it's based on a metric system, and then it comes out to zero to one hundred. And per ESPN, they say zero to one hundred, fifty is the average, but we don't expect around eighty to be the average. Like we don't expect better than eighty ever, but fifty is the average for some reason. And the actual number is supposed to be comparative to what percentage of time you would win that game given the QBR rating. So Jalen Hurts had uh, against the, the Falcons, it was something around like 60 something percent QBR rating, meaning that 60 some odd percent of the time he would win that game. I'm already exhausted explaining it. I mean, I, I like stopped listening. I like and, actively yeah. stopped listening. I agree. And, and, and not because it, not because it wasn't, not because it's not interesting to understand how these stats are, are, manufactured but because the process by which they're manufactured literally is is the muddiest water i have ever heard in my life this makes no sense i mean mm-hmm. well it makes a, okay it doesn't make no sense 
it, it makes sense. And at the same time, I don't understand why we would do this. So based on everything I told you, if you were to take a guess based off of what we both think are kind of arbitrary numbers, they are in ways have to be based on somebody's opinion on what they saw, right? It's not like based on how many yards you got for this. They, they consider, well, this is harder than this. So we should give more points for this, but there's not a true metric on what is actually quote harder to do. Um, right. First, who do you think the league MVP will be if they're a quarterback? Is that, is that, are, are we talking based on QBR? Based on just how you're feeling. We go by oh. vibes here, based on vibes. Sure. Uh, Josh Allen. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kyler Murray. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so Josh Allen, hypothetically, is uh, is MVP. I can tell you right now, based on when I'm looking at it, and it kind of jumps around a little bit, obviously, based on game to game. But Josh Allen, per QBR, is very middle of the pack this year. But Josh Allen and the Bills are, I would say, probably going to the Super Bowl if I were to put money down. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If, Josh Allen. If I was a betting woman. If I was a, um, if I was a betting I woman. Yeah. I bet it. But but he's middle of the pack as far as QBR. Interesting. Mm-hmm. With, what, about, what about Kyler Murray? Uh, towards the top. Almost number one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes actually is like, as of I'm looking at it right now, is really far above everybody else. Mm. Which is funny because um, the Chiefs have been less so inspiring this year as we've been watching. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. So I think this goes to show what we what we're seeing here is there's some validity. Kyler Murray and like Matt, you know Matthew Stafford and like these kind of exciting players are are on the top of QBR, but there are some really high impact players that are middle of a middle of the pack. Jeff Prescott, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Having an amazing year. Justin Herbert is not a little bit higher than that, but still not, you know, up there. Um, yeah, there's some arbitrary nature here, I think. And I think it doesn't paint the whole picture. And um, I just hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hate it too. I hate it too. Uh, we got one more. Oh, we do. So given metrics, there are a lot of metrics out there. Right. We have a lot of too many. Um, too many. We have a lot of different kind of algorithms people have set. One being a prominent one as of the last decade um, is PFF. Right. PFF is interesting because it's a lot like QBR in my brain, but QBR on like Adderall. QBR for everybody. Everybody gets this like this algorithm that takes into consideration difficulty other players. And we here understand that this is a human sport and you are dealing with imperfect people. And so there's inconsistencies based off just being a person with a brain. And so you would think to respect PFF for trying to emulate that. But do you think that PFF truly can emulate that? And if so, the question I ask you is, Will the overall PFF grade, the best of the team, 
They give the entire team a grade based on everyone's individual um, con contributions. Um, will they win the Super Bowl? Will the team with the highest PFF grade win the Super Bowl? Yes, or even come close to it. No. Got it. So are you interested in knowing who the top man, like four or five teams are that have like circulated the, the top? Yes. Cleveland Browns, as I'm looking at it right now, are actually like sizable step ahead of everybody else. Interesting. Dallas Cowboys, the Rams, the Bengals, Cardinals, Bucks, and uh, Saints Bills. Bills are actually like around lower top ten right now. That, um, that's this is interesting. This is this is very interesting because yeah, the the teams right at the top, they're not bad teams they just we don't know them that well yet because they're they're different teams this year mm -hmm. if you had to pick a metric qbr pff um there's plenty is there one that you particularly like hmm, kind of fuck with that a little bit um No, there's no, only one. I, I, I don't think there is not not as far as those measurements. Like I think, um, like I I will fuck with the occasional basic stat, like um, like maybe like like completion percentage or or um, you know uh, like receptions versus targets. Um, those I will consider, per, but more so from like us, I'm setting my fantasy lineup standpoint. Interesting. Not, not in any large way. Do you look at like targets and stuff like that for your fantasy lineup? Absolutely. That's like Absolutely. a big one for you. Yeah. That would I, I look at it, but it's also not one like that, that changes. So some of these, I mean, it's so erratic, right? Like one week Kittle explodes all over the fucking field and, and is catching every ball. And then the next week he's barely used. Like, I, I think more than anything, I, it, it is sensibilities based on the matchups. Like what team is this player going up against? I will never play the wide receiver that is likely to be matched with Jalen Ramsey. I don't care That's what you what you that's tell me. Fair. That's and fair. That's fair. And it's pretty much a good call every time. I don't need to look at any stats to know that that is not favorable. Even a, no, I can't bring up that game. Moving on. Um, I will never, I will never play a player that plays against Jalen Ramsey, period. Yeah. So I think about like, um, like in our UFR league this year, I, I don't even remember which quarterback I originally drafted. I, I believe it was Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and uh, well, you know, at this point is stupid. Cause I, I, I don't remember which quarterback I originally drafted, but I also later on happened to pick up to Rod Taylor mm -hmm. and my goodness, that was a good move because week one, the Texans played Jacksonville. And, and I knew that Terod Taylor was going to be my starting quarterback week one. Everyone mm -hmm. thought I was crazy, but like, like those are things that I consider. I, 
the stats are, I, I will browse them, but they don't make decisions for me. Got it. Okay. So now we have all of this on the record and we can come back at the end of the year and see if our opinions have changed, but I personally doubt they will. We've done the work. Y'all can stop yelling at us. I mean, you can. I'm just going to yell back. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, everyone. Um, this has been a delightful little little bonus foray of a show. And uh, we, we hope you guys are having great weeks. If you haven't already, follow us on our social media. Our handle is at UFR Vodcast. That's at U-F-R-V-O-D-C-A-S-T. If you have issues with anything and, and you want us to prove you wrong or attempt, just like we did today, you can shoot us a DM or you can email us at helloufr at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Please be nice. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. We hope you guys are uh, enjoying the football season as much as we are, and maybe things will not be so stupid soon. Yeah, I think it'll, I don't think it'll be stupid. I, I think it'll be okay. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.